0: there's always somebody that's quick to say, well, we just really don't need all that. Try doing without it. And that's why I say that with the greatest amount of gratitude and thankfulness to God. If you can't live for God in this dimension, it's because you're not trying. No, I want to say that again. That shouldn't have any sting. This is a dimension. And I want to thank the musicians, the singers, the choir director. Let's clap our hands. Let's recognize excellence. Thank you. Praise God. To those of you that are visiting with us, we're delighted to have you in the house of God. I am in awe today just of everything the spirit of giving of this church, the willingness to participate, the purity, the worship, the praise. I just. I'm just awestruck, I'm just awestruck, I'd like to direct your attention to Genesis chapter number 37, thank you Jesus. Praise God. Well, we blew our last record to smithereens. I just like that word, smithereens. Incredible. Okay, we're going to read verses of scripture here Genesis 37 and beginning in verse number 5 and Joseph dreamed a dream and he told it his brethren and they hated him yet the more And he said unto them, Here I pray you this dream which I have dreamed. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaf arose and also stood upright, and behold, your sheaves stood round about and made obeisance. That means they bowed. brethren said to him, shalt thou indeed reign over us? Shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his words. Verse number 9 is really where I I want to part this today. And he dreamed yet another dream. And told it his brethren and said, behold, I've dreamed a dream more. And behold, the sun and the moon and the eleven stars made obeisance to me. About six weeks ago, I preached from this very same passage. And I tried to get out of preaching this this morning. Or, as Brother David Gazzanti would say, this afternoon. But there is somebody that God is trying to reach with this today, because God knows I tried to get out of it. Dream again. Dream again. Let's put our Bibles down and let's pray. Father, we love you. We praise you. We worship you. There are waters to swim in. And I pray in this incredible spiritual environment that the barricade that has been erected, the walls that have been built, the strongholds of excuses and reasons are laid to rubble by the Word of God so that the spirit of encouragement and hope. can reign supreme. We ask it in Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I will do my best to tiptoe around what I talked about six weeks ago. I talked about the hidden part of the dream that is not what I'm going to talk about today, but um, this young man by the name of Joseph, he is a older teenager, not yet 20 years of age, have you noticed with me how that in Scripture, that God begins in a person's life very, very young. Mary was only 14 years old when she had a a visitation from Gabriel. Jacob and Esau were but young men. And Joseph was not yet 20 years old. Some exposers believe he was as young at 17 years of age, when his father blessed him with a multi colored coat. It was a coat that was a demonstration of his father's blessing and favor. And Joseph, not having a lot of wisdom, didn't mind rubbing that in his brethren's face. I'm not sure how wise that was because it kind of set the tempo for the work of the supernatural that is about to unfold. In verse number five, the Bible said that Joseph dreamed a dream. This was not a dream that was um, thought up, made up fabricated by Joseph. It was absolutely supernaturally um, authored by God. But in this particular dream, it dealt with the physical, and more specifically, it dealt with his family. And Joseph had a dream that they were in, it was during a time of harvest, That's when you deal with the sheaves of the field, and in this particular dream, and I believe that this is the dream that motivated um, his brethren to move against him with ill will, but it is a dream that includes obeisance. In fact, in verse number seven, for behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, that is, a, that is idiomatic of talking about the time of harvest. And lo, my sheaf arose and also stood upright, and behold, your sheaf stood round about and made obeisance to my sheaf. Now that was, those were fighting words to his brethren. Because in the next verse, and his brethren said to him, shalt thou indeed reign over us, and shalt thou indeed reign have dominion over us, and they hated him yet the more for his dreams and his words. As I've already mentioned, I believe that it was this physical description of this dream that motivated his brethren to place Joseph into a hole. They actually took part of his garment and they dipped it in Blood and presented it to his father, with an erroneous story, a lie, trying to um, let his father know that you will never see Joseph anymore. He has been killed by a wild beast. It was absolutely a total lie. It was a total fabrication. It was, it was not good. And you know the story that Joseph was. The Midianites, they they lived along a trunk line, a trunk line that uh, bridged Mesopotamia to Egypt. And um, along this trunk line, there were many different nations that used this trunk line. And they sold Joseph originally to Midianites. And then he ended up in Egypt, and he ended up as a slave on the block to be traded And sold, and you know the story how that Potiphar was uh, in need of of a slave and he purchased Joseph. And it began to unfold even more negatively from there. And so, this natural dream that although it was reality and although it was truth, and although it was from God, it really did not bring blessing to Joseph, but actually brought him a lot of trouble. And, and his, the Bible says that his brethren hated him yet the more for uh, his words. But God gave Joseph another dream. And it was not a dream that was bound to terra firma. It was not a dream that was to be fulfilled with flora and fauna. But it was a dream uh, that dealt with the astronomical and the cosmic. Um, Whenever you see the sun, moon, and the stars used in the Old Testament in prophecy, it's talking about the supernatural. You may even remember earlier on that God had spoken to Abram, that told him that his seed was going to be as the sand of the seashore. That was talking about, um, that was talking about uh, his lineage, his progeny. It was talking about the nation of Israel. It was talking about uh, the twelve tribes and the twelve. Sons of Jacob. And it was talking about a nation that began with Abram and Sarah and uh, enjoyed the blessing of multiplicity until the nation of Israel was millions of people. That was the fulfillment of that terrestrial prophecy. I want to tell you that God does have terrestrial prophecies. God has promises that affect uh, this world and they affect uh, your livelihood and they affect your children, and they affect your future. Somebody help me out right now. They affect, they affect what God wants to do through your family. Clap your hands and give God the praise. Yeah. Yes. But that is not the only dream that God gave to Abraham. He also said that it's, your seed is also going to be as the stars of the sky. I, I was I was watching just a small documentary uh, about modern uh, scientists that have tried to predict um, just how many stars there are, and they 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 said we can't tell. We it's it's incalculable. It's absolutely because the universe has no known boundaries. It goes on for in infinitude, and uh, all they can do is guess. Uh, somebody said, well, the farthest. Uh, the farthest solar system is many, 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 many zillion light years from here and they don't even know that. I'm going to guarantee you there's another solar system beyond that because it is everlasting. It is infinity and God was telling Abram that the, your seed is going to be like the stars Whereas the sand of the seashore was talking about a physical, a finite, a, a worldly, it was bound to the earth, it was bound to the world, it was bound to uh, the physical world, it was talking about his physical lineage, when God mentioned the stars of the sky He was talking about your supernatural children. That was talking about you and I. The Bible says in the Book of Romans, chapter number four, that we are now the children of Abraham by faith. Somebody, clap your hands and give God the praise. We are, we are tied up into a big deal. You and I are part of something that is huge. It is part of something that is infinite. It is part of something that is from another world. I want to tell you, I'm just about up to here with impeachment trials, and I'm about up to here with, with the Speaker of the House. Somebody ought to take that gavel and give her a good hit with it. Tell her I said it. Hallelujah. I'm about up to here with it. It's time we get back to the Word of God and understand who we are and understand what you're a part of. And I'm not, I'm not just throwing grenades out there to try to, to try to offend anybody or hurt anybody. But some of you are real good with social commentary. And some of you are real good with all this stuff. I want to tell you there's a world beyond politics that will blow your mind. It will take you to another world. Yeah. Hallelujah. I think it's time to get back to the Word of God I think it's time to get back to talking about the Word of God. I think we need to have Bible quizzing for adults. I appreciate these. We've got, we've got national champions that are sitting among us here. But I wonder how many adults would be champions if we buried our nose in the Word of God. I think that's a great idea. I think that's a wonderful idea. But Abraham's prophecy went beyond the physical and the finite. Went into the supernatural. But the Bible said in Genesis 37 and 9, and he dreamed yet another dream. I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but I can't help it. It's already been said that I preach a long time, but it's very filling. And that last compliment doesn't undo the the very first attack against the pastor. I'm just having fun. Oh, my Lord, I've taken... A lot worse than that, trust me. I came here with one message. I don't know who I'm preaching to. I don't know who I'm talking to. But God sent me here today to tell somebody it's time to dream again. God's got more dreams where that one came from. Your first one might have put you in a pit. The first one might have put you in bondage. The first one might have put you back in Egypt. But brothers and sisters, it's time to dream again. Let's go ahead and clap our hands. Let's go ahead and give him praise. You have to understand that there are famous dreams in the Bible. Jacob, as soon as he left his uncle Laban's house, he had absolutely no direction. He served him for 14 years. He served seven, only to wake up and found out he got the booby prize. So he worked another seven to get Rachel. And then his father-in-law tried to play some kind of game with the cattle and give him less than would have been, would have been an ample reward for his 14 years of service. And so while Jacob was journeying away from Laban, he was in a place that was called Luz, L-U-Z. And something incredible happened there. The Bible says in Genesis 28 and verse number 12, and Jacob dreamed, and behold, a ladder set up on the earth and the top of it reached to heaven, and behold, the angels of God ascended and descended on it. And then in verse number 15, God spoke to him and said, Behold, I am with thee, and will keep thee in all places whither thou goest, and will bring thee again into this land. And when Jacob woke up, he said, This is, this is beyond anything I expected. I'm I am going to I'm gonna name this place Bethel which means the house of God. I want to tell you, this is very important because this gave purpose to the rest of the divine indicators that God had for Jacob. When you get a dream, when you get a supernatural occurrence in your life, it is, it is, it is more than just something to be thrown to the side. It is more to be something that is forgotten. It is to be a reference point for your life that God is going to refer to. I'm preaching to somebody under the sound of my voice that things have not worked out for you like Joseph. And you, 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 you thought you had a dream and you thought God was going to do something and you thought God was going to do something excellent. But you, you, you got put into a pit and things didn't turn out. And now you're wondering what is going on. I've come here to tell you it's time to dream again. It's time to pray again. It's time to dream again. It's time to run again. It's time to shout again. It's time to have joy again. Everybody clap your hands and give God the praise. No, let's really clap our hands and let's really give God praise. Jacob already had the promise, but Jacob did not have the supernatural. You might say, well, Pastor, I've I've already got a promise, and I feel like we're already blessed. I'm going to tell you that God has got something for you that will explode your world. I am not here in Spokane, Washington. Because I've, one day we were just sitting around playing spin the globe. Because I would have never chosen Spokane, Washington. It probably would have been Fort Lauderdale or someplace a little warmer. Maybe Scottsdale, Arizona. Somebody help me out. It wouldn't be where the temperatures are 9 degrees. And it's starting to snow. And it's bone chilling cold. But I'm here to tell you that the revival that God's going to bring is going to blow your mind. It's going to be like the sand of the seashore. It's going to be like the stars of the sky. This dream became a reference point for Jacob. When God gives you something, I'm big on this stuff. Because I really believe that when God gives you these kind of things, they are to be vouchsafed. They are to be protected. It, it is to be something of extreme value to you. I remember just in the very, very early years of us um, trying to get something established here in Spokane. And you have to understand. That if you ever go out from this church to do something for God, you are going to have to defeat all of the accumulated spirits that are in that particular area, if anybody ever packed up and took a break. But when those spirits came to me and said, you you know, I, you ain't got no business here. There ain't no people that want this. Nobody wants revival. And every once in a while, my wife can even attest somebody would say there's no revival in the Northwest. I would just hunker down and I'd say, God's not going to waste me. God's not going to waste my strength. God's going to waste my zeal. God's not going to waste my life. I know what God said. I'm operating on the supernatural. I'm not operating in the natural. You're not going to put me down. I'll bounce right back. Somebody shout with a voice. I might be taking a break, but I'm going to dream again. I'm going to shout again. I'm going to run again. I'm going to dance again. I'm going to praise again. Come on, somebody, give him a shout. Give him some praise. Dreams are divine indicators. They are directional indicators. They are futuristic mile markers. Years later, in the book of Genesis chapter number 31 and verse number 10, Let's go there. And the Bible said, and it came to pass at that time that the cattle conceived that I lifted up my eyes and saw in a dream. God gave him another dream. Now, everybody thinks that when Jacob wrestled with the angel, that it was due to a dream. No, that was not at Bethel. That was at Penuel. And then in Genesis chapter number 35, God actually told Jacob to go back to Bethel. Do you have that scripture back there in Genesis 35? And God said unto Jacob, arise and go up to Bethel. God is is going to call you back to that dream. Man, I don't know who I'm preaching to. Maybe somebody just needs to go back to Bethel. Maybe somebody just needs to go back to where you first had that prayer meeting with God where it went, beyond your problems and went beyond your requests and it went into a place where you began to magnify and worship God on another level. God called Jacob to Bethel. Let's lift our hands. I'm not done preaching. You see, if you've never had a Bethel, you're going to totally misunderstand and misinterpret where you're at. Come on, somebody. It's time to dream again. Satan rejoices over dreams that have been abandoned. Satan rejoices over dreams that he has convinced you are now dead. In 2 Samuel chapter number 7, the man of God was used, Nathan was used of God to tell David that his lineage and his throne would never end. That is the most incredible statement that it was ever given to a king that David's throne and his household. In fact, God said, you wanted to build me a house, but I'm going to build you a house. And your seed is going to sit on the throne forever, only to have in four chapters later. That in a moment of weakness, while the nation of Israel was out fighting, David was left alone in Jerusalem and looked outside his window and saw a woman bathing and and went and took the woman and, and committed adultery and had her husband murdered. And Satan went to rejoicing. And Satan went to celebrating. And Satan threw a party because he said the greatest king, the giant killer, the slayer of the Philistines, the one that would that, that would push out the perimeters of God's people. His dream is now dead. His dream is now over. And you know the story that Nathan was sent by God to, to confront David. And, and Nathan said, your sin has caused the enemies of the Lord to rejoice. The devil was throwing a party. The devil was saying the dream's over. And, and then the prophet said, you're going to lose four children as a result of your sin because of what came out of David's mouth. And David thought, that's it, my prophecy's gone, my prophecy's dead, God's not going to build my house, God is not going to establish this throne forever. But Gabriel showed up in Luke chapter 1 and looked at Mary and said, he that will sit on David's throne forever will come from thy loins. God doesn't change his plans because of your failure. Come on, it's time to dream again. It's time to celebrate again. It's time to praise him again. It's time to give him glory again. Satan's been working on some people under the sound of my voice. Telling you that those supernatural indicators They ran out of gas a long time ago, and he's got a bunch of reasons of why God is going to walk away from you. I'm going to tell you what, God is not a man that he should lie. God doesn't throw away prophecies because of our failures. Find a place of repentance. Find a place in the blood. Come on, somebody. Help me preach today. Somebody needs to dream again. Somebody needs to believe again. Somebody needs to hope again. Somebody needs. Oh, let's just praise him a little bit. That is amazing. Brother Wokey, I have never heard anybody ever preach that about David before. But when David lost those four children, he thought that that prophecy is now over. But except that Gabriel showed up and looked at a 14-year-old girl and said, that child that is to be born of you is going to sit on David's throne forever. It's time to dream again. Peter had already walked on water. Walking on water. Got a revelation that Jesus was the Christ, and it was a revelation that did not come from flesh and blood, but my Father which is in heaven. It was the very first revelation of the identity of Jesus given to a mortal in his ministry. He walked on water. He had a revelation. And because he got that revelation, Jesus gave him keys. Jesus said, you're a small stone. You're not like water. You're solid. You're strong. But in Luke chapter number 22, Satan finally got his prayers answered. And I was going to tempt Peter. Peter. Peter's greatest moment was his greatest failure. Peter thought, I'm done. I thought I was the greatest. Come to find out, that's why the Bible said, Take heed lest you fall. All of us should feel correctly about where we are in God. And Peter fell. Peter thought, it's over. Except on the day of Pentecost, God threw him the mic. It's time for somebody under the sound of my voice to dream again. dances, he dances, he shouts, he celebrates when he thinks that somebody has abandoned their dream. You know, the Bible says that a just man, short for justified, falls seven times. Was he just when he fell, or was he just when he got up? In the New Testament, Jesus would have said, no, not seven times, but seven times 70. It's time to get back up. If I keep preaching like this and moving like I'm I'm gonna be able to point somebody out here today. God sent me here to tell you it's time to dream again. It's not time to to go looking at, well, you know, since that's not going to work out, it didn't happen in my time frame, I guess I'll go look at some secular deal. Get a job. Flip hamburgers. Do whatever you can do. Get the highest paying job you can. But don't give up on your dream. Don't give up on your identity. Don't give up on God's ability to all of a sudden show up in the midnight hour and say, you know what I was talking about years ago? It had been over 20 years since God gave Joseph that dream. And now Joseph will do Somebody needs to dream again. Come on, shout with a voice. Give him the praise. I'm going to dream again. I'm going to dance again. I'm going to shout again. I'm going to give a Bible study again. I'm going to witness again. I'm going to have joy again. Come on, somebody. Get your shouting shoes on. Get your praise on. Get your Holy Ghost bump on. Rejoice not over me, my enemy, for when I fall, I shall arise. It's time to hope again. It's time to fast again. It's time to pray again. It's time to worship again. It's time to dream again. Just remain standing. That helps me to come to a conclusion. In fact, there's scripture that when you're at your lowest point, God comes in with the most fantastic, fabulous, incredible promise. But you have to train yourself. You have to train yourself that I am not living according to the flesh. Where, where the depression is and where the shame is and where that you have to get a hold of yourself. You have to train yourself that I'm going to live in another dimension. I'm going to live by believing God. I'm going to live according to that word. I'm going to live by making it to prayer meeting. I'm going to live by going to revival. I'm going to live by being faithful. simple, real short, dream again. If you can make it back to Bethel, God has a fresh dream for you. Let's lift our hands and give him to praise. I'm preaching to somebody. I'm preaching to more than one person here today. (sighs) Come on, failure is the killer of dreams. And the more that you embrace your failure, the lower you go. Until the devil starts dancing and saying he's too far gone. I've come to resurrect something. You need to understand what the power of the resurrection is. It was more than just resurrection; Jesus out of the grave. God was saying whatever you put in my hands, I'll put life into it. I'll put power into it. I'll put yalala bayata. God can resurrect your dreams. God can resurrect your hopes. God can resurrect anything. Come on, give God the praise. I rebuke your depression. I rebuke your faithless. Dream again. Your personal failures are stored in a database. And any time you go to try to accomplish something, The devil is going to try to destroy your tree. I want to tell you something. Being a quitter is the only thing God can't fix. Being a quitter and saying, "Well, you know, that was just too fantastic and that was just too big and that... I just don't see. See, this is this is where this is where this is where we have a problem. I just don't see how it could happen because you're only looking at through your ability. You're looking through your ability to manipulate the facts and manipulate people. And you just don't see how it can happen. That's where God steps in and says, No, 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 no. I'm not looking for somebody that can do any manipulating. I'm just looking for somebody that says, I'm not backing off. I'm not going in the towel. I'm not diving in the pit. I refuse to quit. I'm not It's time to dream again. Come on, somebody praise him. Somebody needs to shout. Somebody. It's time to get your burden back. It's trying to. It's trying to get your anointing back. It's time to get the Holy Ghost back. It's time to get the victory back. It's time to feel the glory again. It's time to dream again. i was told that thomas edison gave up at 999 experiment true story somewhere he might have thought let's just round it off in his 1000th experiment he discovered the light bulb There's a guy in the Bible that was given permission by the prophet. He said, take your arrows and smite the dirt. Smite the floor with those arrows. And, and the Bible said he smote three times and stopped. And the prophet said, why did you stop? I'm going to tell you why he stopped. Because he had learned, he had accommodated the way things are that he lost He lost that anger, that holy anger that was needed when you've got the devil right where you've got him and it's time to just start plummeting him and pounding him and putting him in his place. It's no time to back off. It's no time to compromise. It's no time to draw a line. It's time to say, I'm going to punch this out. I'm taking this out. I'm taking it out. I'm taking it out. It's time to dream again. Come on, somebody, it's time to shout. It's time to rejoice. It's time to believe. It's time to resurrect our faith. It's time to hope again. I had a whole bunch of facts and figures I was going to read, but I just don't feel to do it. I don't believe that I came to Spokane, Washington, with ideals that were just too high. I don't believe that my wife and I came to this part of the world with a message and a mentality and a spirit that was just for a select few. I do not believe that the same things that God birthed into our spirits and into our souls was just for a select privileged few. I have come into a place where I did not know one person. I've never been here in my life, and I came here to proclaim with every ounce of blood that's within me that God will do the supernatural for you. God is just looking for somebody that will believe, that will hang on and say, there's no quit in me. There's no quit in this, boy. I, I didn't quit as a sinner, and I ain't quitting as a saint. Clap your hands. Lift your voice. It's time to dream again. This church ain't for quitters. This church ain't for losers. This church ain't for people going overboard. This church is for people that want to believe and try again, again, and again. I read this amazing story about this young man named Glenn Cunningham, and I'm finishing with this. There might be somebody that's heard that name. Glenn Cunningham. He was eight years old. He was involved as a victim in a fire that burned his two legs, shriveled them up. He was told he would never walk again. This was like way back in the late 20s, and through sheer determination, out of the the 21 track and field records that were world records at one time, he held 12 of them. He ran the fastest mile in the world for three years. The 880, the 440, 880 is the half mile, 440 is the quarter mile. Out of the 21 track and field records, it's time to dream again. It's time to to find that Bethel where I saw things and I felt things. Could it be that God is calling somebody? Instead of going out to the world, it's time to come back and find your prayer place. Well, yeah, I was, you know, I I had a Bethel, but, you know, I had a lot of problems. Is that the only time we're going to pray when we got problems? Is that the only time that we are ever going to dig a little deeper is when we got a problem? God was thankful for that problem because that established a reference point in which Jacob could remember, I've never seen a ladder that ascended into heaven. And I've never seen angels ascending and descending. And I never knew that God could do all that. And it was God in Genesis 35 that told Jacob, it's time to go back to Bethel. It's time to dream. Again. This altar's open. Whoever you are, wherever you are, God has sent me to this place to help give you the direction desperately seek. Maybe you're visiting with us. Come and pray. God will meet you there. This altar is open. Whoever you are, wherever you are. God only one dream? Has God only got one great touch? Has God only got one or two promises? Nay, nay, nay. Let's pray. Come and help us pray. looking for Bethel. I'm looking for that place. I'm looking for that rock that was anointed. I'm looking for that special place that has my name on it. It's time to dream again.